we have a lot to talk about tonight, Emma. Oh boy! Yeah. And uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Trying to get this all into one uh, tight little package is is tough. Um, and so, technically, we're doing uh, really kind of three parts on the Antichrist, if you think about it. So we're we're definitely talking about the Antichrist's, you know, kind of big picture tonight. We're gonna uh, in the month of July, we're gonna be hitting up the whole kind of uh, new world order, if you will, kind of one world government uh, aspect of things. And then we're going to, uh, in August, touch on the one world religion. All of that is absolutely in play right now. We just, we would be here for hours and hours and hours. It would be a a whole weekend summit if we tried to cover all that. So here's what we have going on tonight. I'm really excited. If you look up on the screen right now, you do have the opportunity to text questions. We ask that those questions be antichrist related uh, for tonight, but we are going to be talking about some other things. I mean, I'm going to flat out ask you some questions. Um, I'm going to go right off the bat. Is Bill Gates the antichrist? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think he's uh, powerful enough. We're, what we're going to see is something right. way well, I, more than that. I, I got some stuff here that I don't think you've seen yet, and yeah. uh, I'm going to show you at the end. So we're again, we are going to be hitting up some things. We're going to talk about mo- uh, monkeypox tonight. We're going to be talking more famine tonight. Uh, Plandemic 2.0 is definitely on the agenda. Uh, and so if you're on Rumble tonight or here in person, uh, just, I guess, strap in, text your questions if you have them. You know, we're, we're living in a time where there is so much evil out there that Satan doesn't even try to hide anymore. No. It's but you right know what? I'm telling you, because of this topic, we, we need to just stop and really pray. Because doing this study, my computer crashed, and setting up this evening, this actually moved by itself, and his laptop fell to the ground. And we thought, oh this is gone. Yeah, if you want to do a five-star Google review for MacBook Pro, it, <laughs> it made it, it. it. Yeah, no damage. It's all good. Yeah. Let God us pray. Good. Let us pray. Lord, we do ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would take this time, Lord, to enlighten your people. Lord, that you would prepare hearts, Lord, to receive what your word has already proclaimed. Lord, but you would give us wisdom in the day that we're living in that we would be able to see and understand, Lord, what we should do. Lord, we we need you right now. A a generation of your bride right now, Lord, we need you so desperately. So, Lord, we look to you this evening. Use us, Lord, we pray, in this community and throughout Pittsburgh and throughout the world, wherever you send us, Lord, may you be, Lord, abide by your people. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You know what? We have to realize some important things tonight. And one of them I see in Ephesians chapter 5. It says this, verse 14 through 16. It says, For this reason I say, Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. And I would say we can all agree that, man, we're living in some days that are pretty evil. 
We're seeing things like no other. But the word to awake here, what Paul is speaking about, is it is about a slumber. It's about a false security here. And, you know, it, it, and, and sleep is the closest thing to death. It has that, you know, similarity connected to it. And so by nature, you know, the Bible says we are dead already. And we need, that's why we need to be born again. But, you know, also death and sleeping. As you look at the church throughout the world, uh, when it comes to this topic, this is something only pastors really get to see every Sunday. Right, Pastor Jeff? We see it. And, and yet, you know what? It's so true that the church, in many times, is not awake to really what's going on. And, and, and you know what? You can be living, but if you're asleep, it's the same as death because you're not sensitive to what's going on around you. You're not able to understand things because you're asleep. So this is why we have to be very awake in our day and understand what is happening and, and be wise. We need to be so wise at this time. And so when we think about it, how many billions of people don't know Jesus Christ? And that falls all upon us, the church, because if we've been born again and we understand the gospel, we are to proclaim the gospel. We have the good news. And now because you are being taught throughout the word and taught on the topics like this, we need to share to other people. Because there's people that are in darkness, completely into darkness. This is what blows me away as we see uh, recently because of this whole uh, Supreme Court on, on, on abortion. And you saw these people protesting, cheering to kill babies. What, what kind of society are we living in when we're seeing that openly being uh, displayed in our, in our times and and think about the drug epidemic, because you know what? The druggies, when they interview them uh, or the drug cartel, they say, hey, we're only uh, fulfilling the needs or the wants of the Americans. And it's true. It's the Americans who want the drugs. So we, we got to see that all society is, is really corrupt, even sadly to say, when we get into our government, the fruit we see the fruit of sinful men, and now we're seeing a global system arising that is now becoming more organized, and we're seeing that this devil is at work, and, and yet at the same time, the Holy Spirit is working, but people are resisting, and it's really, it's a time of choice. We're living in places, in times, and going to places that we see people choosing to reject God and join this world system that is controlled by the devil. And that's now where we see, well, who is all behind this? And we know it's Satan, but we know he has an organization, what we're seeing in our day, which is a new world order system. And we know with him, he has a third of the fallen angels, and we know that he has demons, and we know that he he has humans that have said, I want to be on that side. I want my freedom, 
and therefore they reject Jesus Christ 100%. So this whole spirit, this, this whole evil process and what's going on in our world, we see it in 1 John. Here we see in 1 John chapter 2, verses 17 to 18, it says, The world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So John knew, and that's something that we got to pick up. He knew what was going on in his time. But yet we see, he says, the world is passing away. And in the, in the minds of the Jews, they believe this speaks of two ages. There is the new and the perfect age that is coming. And praise the Lord, we all wait for that one, man. We can't wait for that. But we also know it's the end of an old age, that time of where sin abound and bondage and rebellion is just everywhere. Well, this, this is very important to understand. As much as we're seeing the evil, there's a, a kingdom of God that's coming. And we gotta, we gotta place our hope and understanding on this very thing. But also we gotta realize the Bible speaks of time periods. This is very important because God has a plan and he has purposes and there's timings and uh, that are connected to his program. And we gotta realize that God ordered these things and it's gonna happen doesn't matter what we think. So this time frame or, or these orders we see in, in the Bible, just like, let's say, it's many times they're called dispensations, but we see there's, uh, in John 1.17, that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we're, we're right now living in a time of grace, and praise God, we, uh, we're that generation. But we're looking now that, in these different time frames that God has ordained, we see that according to Luke 21, 24, Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So there is a, a, a thing about the Gentiles ruling kingdoms. That, that's what we see in that statue, and we have seen those, and we're going to look at that tonight. But at the end, we see the Lord is going to come back and he's going to rule and reign. And we spoke about that last time about the millennial reign of Christ. But now we got to realize this time frame, these, these things. Think about the early church, the disciples. We, we see in Acts chapter 1, they came to Jesus and they were thinking about their own country, their own people. And they asked about the times and the season of the restoration of Israel. Because they were, you know, remember, they're under the Roman rule. So they were looking for that. And so we should be looking too. But there's something that we're looking at because what's coming up, I, who knows how close, is the Great Tribulation. That is a time. It's a seven-year period. So we have a time frame that is ordained by God that we need to pay attention. And so it's John here that brings up the point of last days and Antichrist. He's the one that mentions the word Antichrist. And this is important because it's the one who replaces Christ, 
or the one who is instead of Christ, or the one who opposes Christ. So we see this spirit of Antichrist has been really working in many, many generations. But I want you to understand one thing. When John mentions here, you have heard of the Antichrist coming, the word Antichrist, it's the, it's this in singular, it's the main one that we're talking about at the end of man and, 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 and the Gentile or mankind rule. But in the Bible, Antichrist has 33 titles in the Old Testament and 13 in the New. I'm talking about uh, the wor- worthless shepherd is one of his names. The son of perdition is another. There's, there's just many of them that are the names for the Antichrist to come. So we got to realize if it's that many times in the Bible, we need to pay attention and understand why does the Lord have all these different characters and, and what are they connected to? There's a reason, and this is what we, we need to know. So when I, I look at this, John in the first century says there has been many antichrists, plural. At his time, already, there had been many antichrists. So, <laughs> no, that's not him. That's not us. Not us. No, no, no. So, we, we didn't plan for this. We didn't talk about this. But I, I'm looking at those numbers and in front of me, looking at those notes. And how did that get? That is. Uh, I don't know. That's not us. They, they got that back. Okay. They'll get it. Um, so, 33 is an interesting number of titles for the Antichrist, and 13 is also an interesting number. Yeah. Maybe that's a topic for another day. So, uh, you know, we know that Jesus told his disciples, Matthew 24, no one knows the day and the hour, not the angels in heaven, not the Son, only the Father, right? Yes. So we can also say that Satan doesn't know the day or the hour. So based on what you're saying right now, that Antichrist, Antichrists, plural, it would be safe to say that literally from the beginning, Satan, without understanding or knowing when the rapture is going to take place, when he gets called into the game, right? Um, when he gets to come and run havoc, he's got to have somebody warming up in the bullpen at all times. True. true. He needs to have somebody ready to go all throughout history. Think of all the evil men that we've known, right? And Satan's just waiting, ready to stand up and go, hey, bring in the lefty. Let's go. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, there's, think about it. The, the demoniac man, uh, when, when Jesus came to that shore, he, the demons cried out and they said, are you coming to destroy us before our time? The, the time. Right. So they know right. a time. Yeah. They know it. So we got to look at this. But one thing that's important to realize is that uh, by these antichrists in history past, we pick up a lot of understanding about what's coming and what this person will be like. Because remember, he's the great deceiver. So we got to realize that. And we we have to look at the past, and we got to look at uh, these evil characters from history past. And, and as we look at that, we, we got to remember that when the Jewish rabbis looked at Scripture, 
They didn't, they would read it and understand their times, but they also knew of the prophetic that that same verse could be prophetic down the road. It's like when you look at mountains, ranges, you might see one giant mountain, but if you really got up a little higher, you would see there's valleys and hills and maybe another mountain and then another mountain behind that. So you really got to understand some things as we look into this scripture because there is the historical point that we're going to look at of Antichrist that John said already came. But there's also the future one as well, and we cannot forget that. Let me give you an example. In Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, it says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. So this is Old Testament. Then we have something similar in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So now we know, hey, we're looking at the children of Israel. God is calling them my firstborn. But now let's go from the Old Testament and let's go into the New Testament. And we see we have a connection in Matthew chapter 2 and verses 13 and 15, mainly 15. We know that Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus and Joseph had the dream that he was to flee to Egypt until Herod would die. And this is really interesting because it says here that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt I called my son. So you see, now it it represents Jesus, the Messiah, that would be called back out of Egypt after fleeing. You see how the prophetic word works, and this is what we must learn when we're looking at the word of God and the prophetic realm of it all. So we see now the son, which we see would be Jesus, or that it would be here in the Old Testament, the children of Israel. We know Egypt is a type of the world, and we know Pharaoh, you know, he, he's the, the evil one in the, in the story. And Pharaoh, being the ruler of the world, or Egypt, uh, he had them all in bondage. This is something what the Satan has done, and many people today are in bondage to Satan, and he has them, just like he had us at one time. But then, in that whole Egypt story, we have Moses, who is a type or a character that represents a Messiah figure, and we see that he has the power of God, the authority of God, going into this scene. And this is what's so important, because we see in Exodus chapter 7, the story. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast out his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called his wise men and his sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt. And they also did in like manner with their enchantments. We can't underestimate what is being said here in this story, because they copy. This is the copycat. Satan is a copycat, and he is uh, mimicking what God is doing here. And we learn from Second uh, Timothy 3.8 that the names of these guys, 
right? These guys, it's named uh, uh, Hannes and Jambri. These guys are the two magicians that resisted Moses. So Paul gives us the little history about who these guys were. And so you got an interesting story. We got two guys now and Pharaoh. Here we got the copycat. Just as God has the Son and the Holy Spirit, Satan has the Antichrist and the false prophet. Here we got three characters as well. Pharaoh, uh, Janus, and Jambri are the three, and they have a typology connected to them. And this is very important to realize in our study because there's a future connection to this whole thing. And we see in Revelation that the characters would be Satan, who's the ruler of the world, not Pharaoh in Egypt, but it would be two guys, like the two guys that we see here, Janus and Jambri. It's not going to be them. It's going to be the Antichrist and the false prophet. This triangle, these three, are going to bring some wicked stuff to this earth like we have never seen. And we see it in Revelation 13, verse 4 and 11. Satan has his two men. This is, uh, I'm guilty of this. I've read the scripture. We've read the Old Testament. How often do we really tie in and look at this and say, wow, it's like uh, an unholy trinity that's going on Mm -hmm. here. And you just gave one example of uh, a Christ-like figure in Moses and an antichrist-like figure in in Pharaoh. And there's countless others. There's there's a whole bunch, right? There's a whole bunch we go through and, and... and really study the word. So there's something really interesting that kind of, I literally have goosebumps right here. Um, <laughs> just when, when we went through this and looked, uh, and, and, and you shared with me what you're going to share now, um, the tie-in with the number 666 that's yep. outside of Revelation, that's way back in the Old Testament, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. There. It's there. It's that's crazy the and it's there. And, and two main... Uh, everyone's going to know who we're talking about here. So sh- share with us what you've got. Something our kids learn in Sunday school. David and Goliath. Goliath, you got to understand, connected him is 666. And we're going to have to look at it. So we have to look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 7. And it says here, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits in span, and he had a helmet, a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and he had a bronze armor on his leg, and he had a, a bronze javelin between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. But notice, we got Goliath, whose height is six cubits. He has six pieces of armor or weapons connected to him, and his spear weighed 600. So we do have a number of 666. Now, we, you might think, oh, well, come on, Edmund, really, that's stretching it. To the Jews, that is just, oh, no, we recognize that. So we got to jump on and understand the mindset of how the Jewish people look at Scripture. This is not a happen chance. This is 
Remember, the Bible is divinely written. It was the Holy Spirit coming upon men as they wrote. So every detail is very important. Okay? Understand that. So you have this man then. It's, it's 666 is connected to him. And, and he's fighting against the Jews or Israel. And remember the story of, of Goliath. He goes on that hill and looks to them and begins to mock the God of Israel. That's exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. That's what we pick up from the story. He's going to be verbal against the God of Israel, against our God. So this is something that you and I need to realize. This is the the point that we're looking at. But also, did you notice that in in verse 7, he has a shield bearer that went before him. So we have this two character again. The Antichrist is Goliath, boasting, full of armor, very powerful. But then he has another guy who goes before him. And the Antichrist is going to have the false prophet that will go before him. And and really, he will probably be a, a com- kind of a political shield for them, directing the people to the Antichrist. Is it Bill Gates? <laughs> Too soon? Okay. Too soon. So, you know, when we look at this, uh, it's very interesting because even in Daniel, when we look at Daniel, uh, Daniel, you know, the Antichrist is in, in his writing is really, it, it really emphasizes the Antichrist boasting and arrogant, prideful. And this is something we see in Goliath. And yet at the same time, we know the false prophet is going to go before, according to Revelation 13, and cause the people to worship the Antichrist. So this is important. But then we have something, I think, another one that's pretty shocking, huh? Yeah, I, I'm blown away by this one. This is Solomon and the temple. All right? So we got to look at this one because... When we look at Scripture, we got to realize the the truth wants to illuminate to us. God sent His Holy Spirit. His Word is is a lamp unto our feet. It is to illuminate so that we can see things clearly, and that's important. But listen, uh, when we come to looking at end times events, we know there's going to be counterfeiting, and so that's important to realize. Solomon is a good guy. Yeah. Solomon, but you're telling me there's there's some stuff going on here. Yes. All right. Definitely. What is it? Definitely. Well, first of all, I want to emphasize something. If you're taking notes, we see in Romans 5.14, we see in Hebrews 11.19, and in 1 Corinthians 10.6 and verse 11. These talk about, in our Bibles, there are types or there's examples, or they are uh, figuratively spoken of, so we would catch the, the meaning and the understanding of something. So the Bible's clear that there are things written in there so we will understand, giving us hints and types, because we need that, really. We, we honestly need that. But in the case of King Solomon, uh, you know what? Let's, let's go with the good side first. Please. King Solomon 
is a, also a type of Christ. Why would I say that? Because King Solomon was a Jewish king, and he married the Shulamite Gentile bride. Jesus, the Jewish king, and we are the Gentile bride. So there's the picture of the good of King Solomon. But we know that also King Solomon disobeyed God, and he went and he married into these many women with their gods, and the warning was given to him, be careful, they will turn your heart away from me to their gods. And and you know what? Whatever he did, man, he he didn't do good. So <laughs> what we see is this, and we got to remember, Anytime in our Bible, when we see 666, we got to look at it. It doesn't matter. You, and even when you read it, if you come across when you're reading throughout your Bible and you see and you don't understand it, don't worry. Just mark it down somewhere, and the Lord in, a, in a due time will reveal the truth to you. But just don't blow it off. You got you to mark those things and, and, and study them later. But King Solomon, it's he has the most 666 connected to his name, all right? So we got to look at this. So we see in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 13 and 14, and it's also the same story revealed in 2 Chronicles 9, 13, that the, the Queen of Sheba came to him. And there was gold that was given to him during that time, and it came out to be 666 talents of gold. So we have the 666 connected to him. But now, what's more interesting, because remember, Antichrist is going to defile the coming temple. That is what he will do. That is when things of this peaceful guy, as the Antichrist will come in as, will turn, and things are going to get really bad, especially for the Jewish people. But we see here some interesting things about the defiling of the temple. In Second Chronicles 9, this is what it says in verse 17 through 19. It says, Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and laid, overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps with a footstool of gold, which were fastened to the throne, and there was armrest on either side of the place of the seat where two lions stood besides the armrest. And then, it says in verse 19, 12 lions stood there, one on each side of the six steps, and nothing like this had been made for any other kingdom. Now, when you look at this, you got six steps, six lions on each side. You got 666 in the throne room of the temple. And this is, this is the Antichrist picture that you're, we will see in the future. He will go into the Holy of Holies and defile it, the man whose name is connected to 666. So, there is pictures like this, and these types and prefigures are definitely in the Bible. Nimrod is one, Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar. We got the Roman Caesars that 
oh my gosh, we, we, we would be here for months and months if we went to each one of them. But I want to look at a special one. So it, Solomon wasn't going out and, and doing things deliberately to, to, uh, in terms of Antichrist, right? He wasn't going out and he wasn't like Goliath. He wasn't, he wasn't doing that, um, per se. It, obviously he was, there's, there's evil associated with him. It's being ushered in through his, uh, disobedience, etc. But Daniel tells us about someone who is absolutely very deliberate, very specific, yes. and, uh, it, you know, is an old character, probably could come back to, uh, uh, it may even be someone like him today. True. Like Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I understand this. It's very important. This is why when you study your Bible, you got to also look at history. History, if we, it's true. You know, if we don't understand it, we're going to repeat it. And, and the world actually is going to repeat it. So, and it's been repeated throughout generations. This is the interesting point. So, you got to remember, we have the gold head, remember, Nebuchadnezzar, and then we have Persia, and then after Persia, it was the Grecian Empire. It was Alexander the Great that no one could stop. It, he was so, it was a small army compared to the giant armies of the Persians, but he had a cavalry of horse, horses that was so fast that no one could stop him. He, it was like the modern-day car uh, or Humvee of that time. And he was just sweeping through his, of course, tactical wise and whatever. He was the man at that time. But he comes and, 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 and he fades out. He dies and his kingdom is given over to four generals. And one of these generals was the one who was, uh, left over in the Palestine area in Syria and that whole region. And his name is Antichus Epiphanes. Now, this guy, this Epiphanes, means the God manifest. You talk about pride. You, you talk about a man who really thinks highly of himself, or the illustrious one. So this is who he is. He is now in power, but the Grecian Empire that he once was part of, that was so powerful, is now fading, and the Roman Empire is now coming alive. So the thing was, is that he reigned in 175 BC, okay? And he tried bringing unity in the area, especially with the Jews and the other religions and all the, the pagans there, by forcing the Greek culture upon them. And he did this in 170 BC. But in his frustration, he ended up attacking the temple in Jerusalem, and he robbed it. He stole all the gold and all the, the, the stuff that was in there. But what's in, more important to see, and I think it's going to be eye-opening to you, is how he becomes a type of the Antichrist in many, many ways, because this acts that he's doing is the same acts that we see the future Antichrist will do. So let's look at him. In 168 BC, he tried to exterminate the Jewish people. He also, he demanded to be worshipped. He also established an image of Zeus in the temple of God and defiled the temple with pig's blood. And you know what? To this day, 
the Jews don't know what to do with the Temple Mount because that is all defiled because of this man's act. They have to figure out how to make that place holy again when they build the next temple. So you you got to understand how important this is. And then we see he tried forcing a new belief system upon the Jews. He also, he obeyed and was connected to the Roman empires. As he was going down to invade Egypt, Rome told him to stand down, and he obeyed. He backed down, and he began to uh, submit unto them. Then we see he had a religious leader helping him. His high priest was named Manelis, and who helped them spread a false teaching, like the Antichrist and the false together will do. So we have this, this too. And we're going to talk about this guy in, in the, when we get to the false prophet. Then we see he persecuted those that were faithful to God. So this we know is going to happen also in the future. He, notice this. This is interesting. He was reported as being dead and then live again. This is according to 2 Maccabees 5.5. 5. And then he was active in the Middle East for about seven years. And we know the tribulation is seven years. So you see how the similarities are there. And these are all things that really we see in Scripture what the Antichrist will do in the future. So this is why we got to look at this. Because also, 2 Maccabees, with the Maccabees, this is interesting. This Antichrist was defeated by a great deliverer of Israel whose name was Judas Maccabees. And, and this will be the same in the future. The Antichrist will be defeated by Jesus Christ in the future. So we gotta, we gotta realize that. And now my. It's called spiritual attack right there. And <laughs> yeah. Look at my. His, 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 uh, his iPad just went boop. It's going wacky. I love it. I love it. That means the devil's mad. So, we have to look at some things here, okay? Uh, no. All right, let's look at the next one. I want you to look at this. Uh, first, first, first of all, we, we got to realize some things. Uh, there's people, because we're looking at history, right? And we're going to see the historic view of some of the godly people. But realize this. There are churches, great people, loving. I mean, there are brothers and sisters, but they have a different view. And there's one that is called preterism. And it comes from the Latin word, I mean, past. So they believe that the the end times that we're seeing in Revelation already took place. That the guys that I just read, like Antichus and other Roman Caesars and all that, they fulfilled all the prophecy and that they say Jesus is here. He returned already. Okay? So they would say to you and I, how Jesus returned is that uh, generations of Christians have accepted Jesus Christ into their heart. And those people are living on the earth. So Jesus Christ came back to earth. That's how they view the scripture. So you see the reasoning. But we believe in a literal 
return of Christ who will come and rule and reign on the earth. And that's the big, big, big difference. Okay? So here we have Polycarp. Polycarp was the disciple of John. Okay? He's the one that uh, was passionate for the Word of God, and he wrote this very radical statement. Look at this statement. He says, Everyone who does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is Antichrist, and whoever does not confess the testimony of the cross is of the devil. And whoever perverts the oracles of the Lord to his own lust and says that there is neither a resurrection or judgment, he is Satan's firstborn. Now, is that clear and direct enough of what the early church believed about this evil spirit and lying spirit and and what the enemy was trying to do? This is clear. That That's early church and today. I mean, how prevalent. This is our world today, right? So... Uh, just all the evil in our world, it, it absolutely makes sense. This, this statement 100% makes sense. Yes, totally. So when we, when we think about it, we really need to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and, and allow him to reveal so we get clearer insight, especially all this information is being thrown at us in our day. But you got to remember, in the last days, the Bible speaks... Uh, it, when it speaks about the churches in Revelation, it speaks of the Laodicean church. And the Laodicean church, it means ruled by the people's opinion. That's the Laodicean, ruled by the people's opinion. People don't want to hear this. People only want, oh man, just why don't you speak about the love of God and only this. Or don't talk about the cross. Don't talk about sin. This is a generation that has popped up within Christianity. And we have to be careful that we, as Jesus says, it says that the Lord said to the Laodiceans, you need eye ointment so that you might see correctly. And that is true because so much stuff and Satan's work of deception has definitely been out there and we have to be careful. So what do we need to be looking at? Uh, which is very important, I think, before the Antichrist comes up. There's a, two different things, and, and, and these are controversial, but we've got to mention them, that there's going to be a couple wars, possibly. There's, there's a war that we see in Psalms 83, and that's with the Muslim nations around Israel. And then, of course, there's that war with Israel, Magog, Russia, Persia, or Iran, and uh, Ethiopia. Libya, and, and Turkey, and this region. This is Ezekiel 38. This is the one we're kind of more focused on, that this is possibly the one that is going to let uh, the Antichrist come up and bring, bring a, a, pre, uh, a, a peace treaty. So, very interesting. So, here we got... We, and we can't forget this. Just recently, with this whole invasion of Ukraine, did you realize when uh, uh, Putin asked for help from the Chechen? Those are, that's a Muslim nation. 
So he's bringing in the Muslim, the form, the old Soviet. He's bringing the Muslims in. So there's a there's a connection. That's why Russia can, connected to Iran, Ethiopia, and all this. It's all possible and probable that this is the one that we really need to be looking for. So this world leader that we're looking at is going to be the ultimate fraud. This is the one that I'm telling you, we got to be careful. He's going to be uh, using disinformation like we see in our day. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, he's the, he's the master of deceit. That's what we do know, and we have to really, really be careful concerning this one. And as we do, I'm telling you, I see that it's deceit is going to establish his kingdom. So, you know what, when you think about it, it's a crisis that he will use to get in, but at the very end, he's going to bring in the crisis. He's going to bring in Armageddon in the end. So you're, you're making some connections here. You have Ezekiel 38, Russia's involved in that, along with Muslim nations surrounding Israel. Now you're talking about Russia and Ukraine. There's a connection there, yes? Mm-hmm. Is Putin the Antichrist? <laughs> No, I don't think Putin's the Antichrist, uh, because, just because of uh, he's Magog. He has, he has a very important role, I believe, or at least Russia does, and I, I think he's the one uh, probably that's going to lead this whole thing. But uh, it could be another. We don't know because, again, generations, we've, they had like Antichrist, that generation saw that come up. They they probably thought in that generation, and then we had another one and another one, and the church was persecuted. We had the same formula going on in generations past. But this one, things are different. Things are way different, and this is what I think we need to see. Because it is in Revelation 6-2, it tells us that, and I look, and he says, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, many have this. Some churches believe that this is Jesus Christ. But many believe, no, this is the false one. This is the Antichrist that will come looking like he's bringing peace. And he has a bow. And whether many commentators believe the bow, okay, he has, that's his weapon. That's his, his, he's coming with strength to conquer. But, it doesn't say he has bow and arrows. It just says a bow. So some wonder if that is more a bow in the sense like a rainbow. Uh, is it more leading to the covenant? Because this is what we see later on in Daniel is that he's going to make a covenant. We'll look at that in a minute. But we see in Matthew 4, verses 8 and 9, and in Revelation 13b, it, it, he's coming with a satanic power. You got to understand. Because remember when in Matthew 4, Satan or the devil took Jesus and he offered all the kingdoms of the world. I will give them to you. Jesus didn't refute his authority over those. He was willing to give that to him if he would, Jesus would worship him. But we see, and we see in Revelation 13, too, that the dragon gave his power. Listen to he gave his power and throne and his great authority to the Antichrist, to a man. So this is very interesting. We got to look at 
But we know that according to Revelation 19.11, that the true Messiah, he, he has the name connected to him, faithful and true. This is, the, this is the one on the white horse that we are coming with. This is what the world is looking for, this Messiah, not the false one. Because remember, we learned earlier, he's a copycat. And that's what we have to consider. So one thing that, you know, we focus out, tribulation, mark of the beast, no one's going to be able to, to buy or sell. Um, that only works if cash disappears, right? Yes. There's a few weirdos out there, uh, FPU folks out there who still spend cash, cash envelopes, but the whole world is pushing for this cashless, cashless yes. thing. So uh, I even see in the grocery stores, right? Where if you spend cash, we're not going to give back change. They always give back change, by the way. They don't keep your money, yeah. but they have signs telling us, right? So yeah. there's a cash shortage. What's going on with that? Well, when we, we know that there has to be a new world currency system. That's for sure. And we, we see it because of Revelation 13, verses 16 through 17. He says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So we know that he needs to uh, bring in the system. There's a system that must come in, and uh, we know that with cash, it's not going to work because people would just say, well, I don't agree with that, so I'm going to go with the cash and, and, and do that. And you know what? This is it's not going to work for his dominance. He needs to control it all. So we have to see that to have global control, because that's what it's about, it has to get rid of cash. That's 100%. So as we look at this, uh, we have to see they have been doing and training us, putting the credit card system, all our ATM system into our phones. So it's we so pay. convenient. It is so it, convenient. It, it, it works, right? Doesn't it work? So, and we see Apple. They said, look at 2015, but it's been going on for a long time. They said, Tim Cook, chief executive of Apple, makes a bold prediction about the death of cash as he promotes Apple Pay alternatives. So, he, they're saying our children won't know what cash is. And it's true. I mean, it's, 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 it's happening before our eyes. And this is something that we need to realize uh, because this system has to happen, but also the system also has to connect to ability to track. And that's why you always get these things about cookies. You have to accept it. I'm getting frustrated with that myself because they, they want to track everything you do and every how you buy and how you sell. But we see the New World Order uh, economists, they know how to control the flow of money. And we see what their magazine says on the next one. The Economist, this is a interesting magazine. Believe me, it's the world leaders magazine. The, these elites, they love this. This is their, their little toy. And they, they would love to have this one world order with their money system. And mainly is that it's really, it's breaking the world up into regions. And that's very important. 
to realize this is what they want to do. But we got to see that, you know what, even back, it's been going on, even in 2012, uh, the chief of Visa says cashless society will be coming by 2012, he believed back then. He, he proclaimed it. And yet we see, listen, they have a goal. They, they, they've been talking about this way back when, and they have a goal, and, but yet they know they have to have security connected to it. And that's why all these security technologies and cashless are, are merging together. This is dangerous, I Abs- think. Yeah. This is where blockchain technology comes in. Um, to have the ability to shut down anyone's transaction at any point in time. For like Canada. For any reason. Canada. Like Canada. Um, they, they shut it down. Just like that, right? So it exists today. This yep. technology is already in place. Talk, talk us about what you have on that. Well, a lot of people thought, how is it possible that... Uh, we can, the Antichrist can put a mark and the whole world would, could do this. It, it's not possible. Well, you know what? You're wrong. It is possible because we see in 2008, they made a supercomputer, IBM, and it was called Roadrunner, which was a big breakthrough in 2008 and had the speed of a petroflop, which means that it was able to do one quadrillion calculations per second okay so you know back then i think we six seven billion people on the earth so but then soon after there was another breakthrough with the development of the sequoia uh computer supercomputer which has the speed of 20 petroflops and and this thing is imagine if 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 that one petroflop did one quadrillion can you imagine that? But now chi- the Chinese say, hey, they're coming out. They said, we got a new one. It's called the Ocean Light. And they say it is now an extra flop, which is able to do a million trillion calculation per second. So the, the ability to do it is here. And that's what we got to see. I was watching a soccer game earlier today, and I did see 20 petroflops on the field, just, just so you know. <laughs> I, um, uh, so the technology exists, right? But uh, don't we have to want to play along? I mean, how, 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 do, how do we you know, become part of this so that we can be influenced or forced? Or, or how is this going to work? Yes. C- that, could I be, just be off the grid? No, that, this is, I think, this is, again... What we're living through right now, it could be precursor, a little test before the real one comes, okay? Because think about this. We have now the ability for the system. We see the system being being brought out and displayed and people, a lot of people like it. A lot of people, I, you know, they think it's a great idea, but... How do we convince the people that are, eh, I don't know about all this? Well, we see in Revelation chapter 6, we see that it's talking about a black horse, and he has the scales, and food prices are out of control. That's what we see in Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. So now, 
is this how they're going to do it? It's the question. So we see a famine, and then we see the cost of food going out of control. And listen, we had it in some of your grandparents' lives. This is what happened in World War II in Germany. So you had hyperinflation. This is 20, 20 million mark. It's 20 million marks. 20 million mark bill, one bill. And, and you can see the list of how the money system went out of control. This picture of this man, that's a, those are stacks of money. The Germans told me when I was in Germany that the people, when they got paid, they got paid, and sometimes it was a wheelbarrow of, of money because it was worth nothing, that when they got paid, they would run to the store with that wheelbarrow because that would lose money as they're running to the store to buy food. That's how out of control it was in 1923. But, hey, it's not only then. I mean, right now we're dealing with gas prices, we're de- just food, grocery shopping. If you're grocery shopping, every it seems like every time you go to the store, everything is more expensive. Yes. Just yesterday, it was announced, not sure if you heard it, depending on what you're listening to and where you're listening to it, that we have 10 weeks of wheat left. Yeah. Worldwide. Yep. 10 weeks. So that means bread, um, all kinds of grain products, tortillas. Oh, no. Right? Tortillas. Uh, so, what's going to happen in August? Like, yeah. yeah. What does this look like? Well, well, look at, you know what? Some might think, oh, you know, 1923 in Germany, that's, oh, that, you know, that was so far and long ago, that's, you know, that's history. Well, listen, I think we need to realize in 2008, Zimbabwe, Africa, let's look at this picture. That shows you a hundred trillion dollar bill. A hundred trillion dollar bill. And you, it, it costed billions to buy a loaf of bread and eggs. That is what I'm talking about. A complete out of control. Money is nothing. This is how they, they crashed it in that time. And that's 2008. Everybody in this room just about was alive during that time. So don't think that, oh, that's too far back or that. No, it's, 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 it could happen. So uh, I, I mean, I'm just telling you that these guys are playing the game. They know what they're doing. These, these, uh, of course, like we say, pandemic, uh, and they love to use fear. That's their control. They're bringing fear to this world, and they're using it, and they're and they're replacing laws, uh, and that's what that's the characteristics of the Antichrist. He will change the times and the laws, and just just like for instance, there's a, a, a milk. They they are now trying to say milk because it has oil in it has to now have all these. Uh, security tanks around it to case the tank breaks or they have a leak that it will control the milk because now it's hazardous. So now all these milk places are going to have to build all this secure things like you would do for chemicals or gasoline. And now it's going to, of course, that's, that price is going to come to us through milk. Walnuts. Walnuts, they say, oh, but walnuts are, you know, not only a nut, 
it's you're getting it for omega-3. So now it's becoming more like a drug. So now we've got to reclassify it. And these guys are changing it, and, cha- and just, they're choking out the people for just the common things that we used to take for granted. Yeah, changing definitions of words is, is, <laughs> has been going on for quite some time. Yes, yes. Very interesting. Here we go. Let's talk about this microchip situation. A lot of us, listen, this is United uh, Emirates. So this, this is not only in the West. This is in the Muslim countries as well. This is what you got to realize. This is a global system. And they are dealing with this whole chip. And listen, the, this whole uh, electric, uh, electronic, sorry, electronic data system that is connecting all the things together. Here, we see that they've been working on this since the, the late 90s. It's been jumping as technology and computers were able to do this. But remember something for, for, for us Americans here. Um, because there's, there might be foreigners that were watching this online or later. Uh, in America, in 1935, it started the Social Security program. And most Americans rejected Social Security. You know why? Because they wanted to put a number to our name. That's why. Americans had too much understanding of Christianity that they said, no, 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 I don't want that. In fact, when I moved to Europe in 1999, the first thing I got was an ATM card, and it had a microchip. And they said, and I tried to use my Bank of America one, and they were saying, no, you can't use that here. You need to have a chip on it. So I took, I came back on a visit, and I took that EC card, and I showed, I go, I need an American, a Bank of America card, American one, with the chip on it. And they got the chip, and they, they, they got my card, and they freaked out. They went and showed everybody, got the manager out, and they were panicking. What would you get this? And I said, yeah, they have the chip already over there. I go, they've been doing the chip way, uh, uh, I don't even know how long. So Europe is already ahead of us on this stuff. And we got to realize the Americans are, hey, they know this ID and transaction because of what Revelation says. And we see they want to use it. Like in Europe, they're using it on the train to scan your hand. They're putting the chip in. The Swedes are the number one. The Swedes are boasting about their, their, their advancements on the microchip in the hand. They are proud babies. And look at Visa. They bribed restaurant owners to, to go cashless, giving them 10000 bucks. So we see there's an actual system working. And what I don't like is some of these other things. On the next slide, we see that the World Bank, you know, they're calling for the global universal ID system. now, And then it connected to COVID. Now they want it dealing with the passports. ID and information all connected to it. And this is something, but even the next slide, we see that these digital uh, passports will have information that 
you know what? We don't give that out. And now it's going to be a very common thing. And believe me, we're trying to go to Brazil, and man, we are been getting it's on, off, on, off, because they're saying you got to be vaxxed, you have to have this, and this is on and off. And I'm telling you, because it's coming to this point, and I know we got to do as much as we can do before this, this comes. This is definitely on its way. So uh, microchipping, remember, I don't know about you, but I remember when my, my family members started chipping their pets. Remember that? It was like, what? They got a chip in our in our dog? And now we got used to it. It's common. It's kind of a hey, good idea. But we are being programmed. So basically, we're, we're the, the frog in the pot. Exactly. The heat has okay. been slowly turned up. Yep. And uh, we don't see it. Exactly. Now we have Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd get there. All right. Talk to me about Bill Gates. Because with the World Economic Forum, you know, they, they were now dealing with this whole ID 2020. So really, the COVID whole pandemic was really an instrument they used to really wanted to identify everybody and uh, put them into this world controlled system and, you know, vaccinating. You have to be uh, and, and monitoring behavior. Uh, all this stuff is, is, is there. But then they have this uh, uh, CRISPR, the gene editing technology. And this is where you're, you're dealing with you know, they want to know the info. They're, it's going to be uh, part of the, the whole vaccination system. And that's why for international travel, you're going to have to have this. But what's crazy, it is it's, it's being forced upon people. In fact, it, like this, what it says, they, would, uh, they want to require, uh, if, if you don't vaccinate your kids, you got to report that. Man, I'm talking, this is like straight out of the Nazi uh, playbook. I mean, this this kind of stuff was going on back then. And the evil system is definitely here. And they're playing their cards right before our eyes. So they're dealing with this. And this gene editing technology, as we're seeing, is very, very dangerous. Because when you look at the whole picture, they, they say all the good but at the end of the whole thing, they say, oh, and this will, will have the ability to continually monitor those people that have this vaccine. See, that's what it's about. It's about control, monitoring, knowing everything about you and I. And this is very, very dangerous. But... Even though all this is true, and there's going to be a mark, and there's going to be a 666, and there's going to be a name, all this, that's nothing. To me, that is just the springboard to the real want of Satan. And that is not only having your information about you, but... His whole focus is that you worship him. That's all. This is where this whole road is leading, that man worships him. 
that's where this is going. And you know what? Buying and selling and, and that, all that, that's just a step to this ultimate point. So as we look at this, we got to understand uh, that the Antichrist in his system, he's he wants to get the mark, everybody to take the mark, but I want you to see something here. If those people that take this lightly and think, oh, I, I, you know, I'll figure it out, I, I, you know, and think that they're going to outdo this whole system, it tells us in Revelation 14, 9 through 10, that the angel, another angel, the third one, followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength of the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. Hey, this this is so serious. When you read that first, you got to understand the consequence. And this is the problem, I really believe, is man has brought down everything and 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 man has loved himself more than he loves the lord and if you love your life more than you love your lord you're not going to be willing to die for him and this is what the church saints throughout the ages refuse these types of antichrist and the, and where are we at with our own heart you know are we sold out for jesus and him only then we see in revelation 16 chapter uh, verse 2 he says, for their first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the earth and a harmful and painful sore afflicted people who had the mark of the beast and who worshiped his image. So we see, hey, all these people that are taking the mark, something's going to happen. It's going to be rejected somehow, and they're going to get these boils on their body. I mean, Job probably all over again uh, with everyone who takes this. So. This probably freaks everybody out in the room, right? We know the technology is there. How do we know that we're not going to accidentally take the mark? How do we, I freak out when I buy something and it comes up $6.66 on the register. <laughs> I'm like, please just add another penny to that. I'm not paying that. Yeah. But, but it freaks us out. I mean, everything you're talking about, could someone inadvertently take the mark? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, uh, well, there's big arguments that, the 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 buying and selling is definitely going to be uh, uh, dealing with the mark system, okay? Definitely, there's going to be a connection, but many people are looking at uh, the the actual worship of Satan. Uh, but I wouldn't even go there. I would, you know, they make their arguments. Uh, I see it here. If you have the mark, you're in big big problem. So the thing is, are those saints able to resist? Will they give up their life because it will cost them their life to do so? And, and you know, many people love their lives more than they love God. I hate to say it, but that's it. And we don't know until we're tested. Yeah. And, and it's not going to apply to us because we don't plan on being here by the time no. this happens. No. We'll but, be gone. But understand this. According to Revelation 15:2, he says, And I saw, as it were, the sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten 
victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. And they they stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. So there is an ability to have victory over this. What is it going to cost? These saints, because we know they're going to be martyrs. But, hey, brothers and sisters, we're pilgrims. We're only passing through. If you live 80 years, that's a good life. But what's 80 years to eternity? And we got we to gotta put that first in our hearts and our mindset. And we need to learn to walk with the Lord and obey his commandments and keep looking for his redemption because it is. It's drawing there. Yeah. Amen. All right. Let's move on to some stuff here. Um, I'm back to Bill Gates. <laughs> I, I got to show this to you, Evan. I need, I need your help with this. We got volume on this, Mike? All right. Let's try this again. I may have to hold my mic up to it. Whoops. and the CO2 being put out per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Now that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. But there we see an increase of uh, about 1.3. If we do a really great job, we can lower the population by 10 to 15%. If we do a really great job of new vaccines and health care, health care, a good job of health care lowers the population. This was a TED Talk. In 2010, 2010, yeah, and women's reproductive yes. services. Yep. So just put that on hold for a second because I'm going to keep going with Bill Gates. Let's talk about monkeypox, pandemic 2.0, pandemic 2.0, I should have yeah. wrote. Yep. In December of 2020... There was a plan and formulation of a simulation of a monkeypox pandemic. They planned it. They had a simulation and they said, hey, what if this were to happen? Let's go ahead and have this little war game. And there were researchers at this fake event where they were talking about potential future events from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the head of Johnson & Johnson R&D department, a Chinese government official and former U.S. senator, Sam Nunn, all in attendance. Then, in or that's what they planned. Then in March of 2021, they actually did this simulation of a fictitious monkeypox outbreak, and that took place in Munich. Then in November of 2021, Bill Gates warns the governments to be ready for the next pandemic. In May of 22. All of a sudden now, just last month, we had this fear campaign, and then we have the marketing of a smallpox vaccine, which is again effective against monkeypox. Oh, by the way, the smallpox vaccine was approved 
in 2019. Of course. Oh, but it's not the old smallpox vaccine that maybe we probably had to take. It's now an mRNA vaccine. What's the deal with that? That's they're they're playing it, and think how many people in the world that took this, and they're going to go along more. They're they're testing. There's a lot of testing. Are the people obedient? Will they follow? And and there is there's anxiety on the elite side because they're no they know too many people are waking up, and what will happen? They know America is the problem child because we do have the Second Amendment. They know that they're going to have a problem. Well, for now. For now. And they're pushing. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing all these things coming up, and the push is there. And uh, it's crazy what we're looking at. All right. So let's let's pause here for a second um, uh, on the monkeypox thing. Let's move on. Let's talk about the famine. You know that Bill Gates has a tie with baby formula? October of 2021, Bill Gates, through a venture capital firm called Novo Holdings, funded a North Carolina biotech company with $21 million. And the, 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 the whole goal here is to have cell-cultured human breast milk that's farmed outside of the human body to create a more alternative and sustainable option. And it maintains the integrity of its incredible evolutionary origin. Yeah. These boys are working it. You got to understand, just as the illuminating and wisdom that we get from our Lord and through the Holy Spirit, it's the enemy is working the opposite, and they they're they're tapping into the dark side, and 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 believe me, they're they are learning very fast. So there's another thing. So Bill Gates once again. Oh, your buddy, my buddy, your buddy, everyone's buddy. <laughs> There's chicken shortages, right? There's this whole bird flu that's going around. Chickens have to be slaughtered. Um, In October of 2019, there was Event 201. Hopefully by now we're all familiar with Event 201. Event 201 was basically what I just talked about for monkeypox, only they did that in 2019 for COVID-19, where they pre-planned it, they pre-talked about it, what would happen if this happened, what would happen if it broke out here and somewhere in Asia and spread its way around the world and how would we respond? And basically they talked about it, they planned it, and then they went and actually did it. We all lived that. So in that pandemic exercise, John Hopkins University, the World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation simulated a global pandemic. And part of that was getting the government involved with private partnerships to roll this out, which is why we have big corporations demanding that people get shots in order to work. That's why we have our government demanding that people get shots. That's why we have governments and uh, car computer chips not being made and other shortages that are planned. Tyson was involved in these conversations and now there's chicken shortages, lo and behold. Oh, and by the way, there seems to be mysterious fires taking place in chicken barns. 
Just over the weekend in Wright County, Minnesota, Saturday night, a barn caught fire, literally killing tens of thousands of chickens and eggs, unhashed eggs. It, just a coincidence, right? Yeah. And we will see many of these throughout the world. There, and it's, it is not only America. America is key, but it's happening everywhere. This is what we need to understand. So, Bill Gates, as much as I want to pound on Bill Gates, he's not the Antichrist. We know he's not the Antichrist, right? Yep. We know for sure. How do we know for sure? Well, at least we think we know for sure. Here's what we know, right? 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 8. And now you know what is holding him back, the Antichrist, so that he may be revealed at the proper time, for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. That's the Holy Spirit that's through living in you and I. And so then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy the splendor of his coming. We are holding the Antichrist back. It's through the Holy Spirit. And so until the rapture comes, until God calls us home, when he comes back and we meet him in the air, that's when everything is going to start, and that's when um, we're going to start seeing this evil come into play. But it's not going to happen before then. Right? That's right. Amen. That's right. The Lord, the Lord has it all under control. Never forget that. Mike, Mike, do we have a, did we get any questions, Antichrist questions? Please hold for this special announcement. <laughs> okay. Is the Antichrist alive today? Edmund. I, I, Bill Gates? I, I personally believe he is. I really do. So, uh, how old? And is he still being groomed? I don't know. But the, the way everything's being played out, uh, and as fast as it's being played out, you can see someone stepping in. And li- listen, the talk is still out there. They're talking war. They're still. You're talking China, Taiwan. You're talking Russia, nuclear. All this. All this is being talked about, and that's what they want. They want to bring fear. They want to bring everybody under submission. So one day we will say yes to a world leader that will say, I got the solution. And right now we're primed for this. The whole world is being uh, completely deliberately demolished step by step. Have you ever seen a building be collapsed and imploded very deliberate where these charges are set so that it comes down and collapses on itself? It's very specific. And look at how we're building back better and by the way, that's just not our slogan. It's all around the globe. And economies and large nations are slowly and deliberately being taken down to prepare the way for someone. If someone showed up tomorrow and gas stopped, dropped to $3 a gallon, we would all celebrate that person. Right? And so the world is ready for this. And Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, right? He tells us in the Olivet Discourse that we are the generation that will not pass away based on doing that, based on looking at the olive tree, based on looking at the fig tree, based on looking at those things. We know 
we can sense that we are the ones who are not going to pass away. It's our generation. It's very possible the Antichrist is alive today. Yeah, but very much the Lord's return is very close as well. So we got to look at that and rejoice. Man, that's a chosen generation. If we, if we get to be raptured, that that's amazing. But this is what we're looking at. God use us and teach us to keep looking up. And that's what we pray. Absolutely. All right, next question is, isn't all that we spoke of tonight after the rapture? Well, clearly not everything, because we talked about a lot of Old Testament stuff. We talked about the types of Antichrist. There are some things clearly that we will not be around to see. Yeah, and that's, that's again, this church and many different churches believe in pre-trib, right? So that the church will be raptured before the tribulation. But it's only the second half of the tribulation that really is the wrath of God being poured out. So some, then you got this topic of mid-trib. But some say, no, it could be in the beginning of the pre. How far in in the pre of the seven will the church be? And even though there's groups of theologians that all believe in pre, some, they all, really, a lot of them, the major ones at least, differ on the timing. How far in? So that's the question. So the thing is, is that we just got to be ready. Our hearts, prepare them for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So uh, no more questions. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Jillian to please come forward. And uh, Edmund, would you? We have no Wi-Fi. All right. So we are not going to close. Uh, but what we're going to do is we are going to close in prayer. So, Edmund, would you please uh, close the prayers out, brother? Okay, Lord, thank you so much for tonight. We pray, God, that you would uh, use this, this time together, Lord, to awaken us. Lord, help us not to be asleep in this time that we're living in. Help us, Lord, Lord, to share the gospel message to those that we love, and Lord, reason with them. Lord, just like you say, come, let us reason together. And Lord, I pray that you would use us with people that we love, that we know, to reason with them with the times that we're living in. And Lord, may we be just anointed by you to lead them, Lord, to you the true Messiah, the one that is coming back to rule and reign in righteousness. So we, we're so thankful, Lord, that your wrath does not abide upon us. You have saved us from that wrath. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So thank you, folks. Um, it's great being here. Thank you so much. Um, a lot of challenges uh, tonight with Wi-Fi, with uh, iPads crashing on us every two seconds. Uh, it was interesting. Um, but uh, I want to encourage you, uh, If uh, we'd love to have you back on Sunday. We're starting um, in Ecclesiastes, when life seems empty. And uh, it's a powerful 
powerful message and a powerful message series. We'd love to have you come back on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. One thing that, you know, we talk about this stuff and people get scared, Edmund. And um, Bible prophecy is here to prepare us. It's not here to scare us. That's right. Right? We know the score. Go back to the end of the Bible and read it. God wins. And for those of us who love Jesus, we get to celebrate with them. Amen. And so we shouldn't be scared. We should just be aware of what's happening. And we need to be very deliberate about sharing the gospel with everyone we know. So thank you again, everyone. Have a great night. Um, as for Sunday, uh, hopefully we'll see you there a month from today on July 1st. We'll be back talking about One World Government, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, um, all that good stuff. So we'll see you there or in the air. Amen. Amen. This is Pastor Jeff Miller, and I would like to thank you again for listening to the podcast of Harvest Bible Chapel, Pittsburgh North. And you know, a question that I get asked frequently from people is this, how can I support your ministry? Well, I got good news for you. It is easy and it is secure. All you have to do is go to harvestpittsburghnorth.org backslash giving and follow the on-screen directions and you can give online to support the ministry of Harvest Pittsburgh North. So until next time, this is Pastor Jeff Miller saying thank you again for listening to the podcast of Harvest Bible Chapel, Pittsburgh North.